The latest data gives signs of slowing in the European headline inflation. But, but core inflation remains sticky and that keeps the European Central Bank hawks in charge of the market right now. In the US, while the softer GDP and falling corporate profits in the fourth quarter challenge the actual stock rally as the Federal Reserve officials insist that the Fed will actually continue fighting inflation despite the bank stress still going on. So due today, the latest PCE data from the US will reveal how much more effort the Federal Reserve officials need to put in their inflation battle. So welcome, this is Swiss Coast Daily Market Talk and happy Friday. So the first CPI figures from Spain and Germany indeed show that inflation in Europe eased by a big chunk in the month of March. And that's obviously thanks to the base effect as we now compare war months to the war months of last year. So released yesterday, the German inflation fell from 9.3% to 7.8%. And inflation in Spain halved, falling from 6% to 3.1%. That's fantastic. That's chic. But that's that's not enough because, as I was saying at yesterday's episode, this big decline in March inflation figures in the US, the headline inflation, is due to the fact that in March a year ago, we had a massive, massive spike in energy and commodity prices. And that was due to the war in Ukraine, which had freshly started and that energy prices almost half since the start of the war so the base effect is really really playing in favor of a significant downside correction in the headline inflation but 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 when we filter out that energy and food prices which are very much volatile and which exploded with the war in ukraine the inflation picture is quite not as optimistic in fact core inflation in spain barely fell this month from 7.6 to 7.5 percent only and that's obviously a major worry for the european central bank so if you are following a trading strategy where a softer european inflation leads you to imagine softening european central bank rate expectation which then leads to a decision where you would sell the euro against uh, another major like the us dollar for example well you were probably quite surprised yesterday to see that the euro dollar actually spiked above the 109 mark yesterday after the falling inflation data in Germany and in Spain. But again, as I was saying at yesterday's episode very, very clearly, there is nothing surprising there. The headline inflation was actually expected to fall. But I said that if the upside pressure in core inflation persists, no matter how fast we see that headline inflation fade, the European Central Bank will actually stick to its guns to abate inflation and the euro will continue its journey to the upside. So due today, the overall Eurozone CPI figure for the month of March will be released and it will be quite the same reasoning than uh, with the German and Spanish inflation figures. Yes, we will perhaps see that big, big decline in the headline inflation number. The expectation is actually a fall from 8.5% to 7.1% the headline inflation. But if core inflation trends toward a fresh high, and this is the expectation actually, so you should think twice before betting against the euro bulls and the European Central Bank hawks. So the euro dollar will likely take the one 
content offers out in the next few sessions, partly because European Central Bank hawks remain in charge of the market with this solid inflation data, but also partly because the US dollar remains under a decent, decent selling pressure these days, because the US dollar index is actually sitting at the lowest levels since the Silicon Valley Bank collapse. And despite the hawkish comments from the Fed officials out there, hinting that there will be further interest rate hikes in the US to tame inflation, while the banking stress and soft economic data actually prevent the hawkish Federal Reserve pricing from taking fully effect because it released yesterday. Well, the US GDP data actually showed that the US economy grew something like 2.6% in the fourth quarter of last year. So that's slightly less than the 2.7% penciled in by the analysts. Yet the JDI, which is the gross domestic income, fell 1.1% during the same quarter from 2.8% printed in the third quarter of last year. So that was the largest decline since the pandemic. Moreover, the US corporate profits fell 2% in the fourth quarter of last year. So that's the most in the past two years, while they were up by 2.6% a year earlier. So that's a big fall. And the profit margins fell from around 15 to 14%. Now they actually remain high compared to the historical means, yes, but they are shrinking fast right now. And at this point of time, it's a no-brainer that this fall in profits could accelerate as the latest bank stress in the US is tightening credit conditions and the effects of this tightening credit conditions will hit the fan in a couple of months from now. So that's why we actually see the US two-year yield stagnate a touch above that 4% psychological mark, rejecting the further rate high comments from the Federal Reserve members. Soft yields continue giving support to the stock indices, and that despite warnings from the economic data front, the S&P 500 will be closing this quarter with gains, as if no banks had collapsed a couple of weeks ago, and Nasdaq 100 will step into the new quarter, having stepped into to the bull market. Now, obviously, none of this was expected to happen when the year started. We actually expected recession to show up its nose this quarter, equities to fall, and sovereign bonds to rally. Now, after falling most of the quarter, sovereign bonds still finally rallied due to the bank stress, but the stocks actually rallied as well, and that was absolutely unexpected. And recession was, well, clearly not on the menu of the first quarter of this year. And technology stocks actually did the heavy lifting this quarter, despite all expectations, as big technology names like Apple, Microsoft, and Google gained big during this quarter. The Fang stocks rallied almost 30% since the start of this year, and that really partly hid the the bank sell-off that we saw over the past couple of weeks and save the day or save the quarter for the S&P 500 as the S&P 500 would actually be in the negative territory year to date if big technology names were not part of the game. That to me means that the actual stock rally could be a bit too sensitive to the changes in yields and if the yields push higher due to an undesirably high inflation for example, 
that could spur the Federal Reserve rate hike expectations again, then we could obviously see the recent gains in the stocks crumble quite fast. So today, our last big task for this quarter will be to watch and to judge the US PC data from February. So PC is the Fed's favorite gauge of inflation. Core inflation, so core PC, may have eased on monthly basis in the US, but is expected to remain steady on a yearly basis around the 4.7% mark, a read in line with expectations. Or ideally, lower and softer than expected could actually keep the Federal Reserve hawks at pay moving forward and let the US dollar further relax. In the dollar yen, we actually see the quarter end flows feed into a softer yen and a stronger US dollar yen. The pair is testing an important resistance zone around the 133 level, including the 50-day moving average and the minor 23.6% Fibonacci retracement on October to January retreat. Now, honestly, with the softening Federal Reserve expectations, and this increasing pressure on the Bank of Japan to end its no longer adopted easy monetary policy under the new governor Ueda. I actually don't see much, much positive potential in the dollar yen. So the price rallies that we see in the dollar yen could actually be interesting top selling opportunities for those looking for a fall toward the 125, 127 range. Anyway, the first quarter of this year ends today. We had a lot, a lot of unexpected events and a lot of surprises this quarter, including the bank stress. Stocks rallied, sovereign bonds first fell, then rallied as well, and energy and commodities didn't actually get that boost that we expected from the Chinese reopening story. And well, more importantly, money actually flew into the money market funds this quarter with investors seeking higher returns with low risk assets and that appetite for cash could be the next headache for banks and for equities moving forward. But for now, let's don't think about it and let's just cheer the excellent quarter that we had for equity investors. So this is all for today. This week and this quarter, I'm Ipeka Skardeshke and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your interesting and supportive messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again next week. And until then, good day trading and have a lovely weekend.